This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Anushka Astana, and this is Today in Focus. We're bringing you general election coverage every day from Hartlepool. I mean, the government talk about left behind towns and left behind places, and actually that presupposes they were ever at the same starting point. To Belfast. I'm old enough to remember getting on the bus and them coming on with sniffer dogs to find out if there were bombs under the seats. We're talking to people and not just politicians to really get to the heart of this election. Subscribe now wherever you download your podcasts. As an apex predator, the presence of snow leopards informs us about the health of their environment. That's why the Snow Leopard Trust has turned to Microsoft AI to find and study these elusive animals. With AI, it only takes minutes to analyze thousands of remote camera images and understand where these animals are so researchers have more time to protect them and their ecosystem. See how at microsoft.com forward slash AI. Hello, my name is Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, host of the Feel Better Live More podcast, where I give you simple tips on things like improving sleep, energy and gut health that will leave you feeling happier and calmer. The podcast is brought to you by JW Marriott. Travelling can really take its toll on the body, but inspired by the principles of mindfulness, JW Marriott is designed to let you focus on feeling whole. With more than 90 hotels in the world, visit jwmarriott.com for more information. 108. Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. These are conversations at our intersections and an opportunity for us to hear firsthand from others in our community how they have learned and are learning to thrive. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so lets others like us hear the voices amplified here. Shay Newell is the effervescent and dynamic founder of Tribe, an organization dedicated to helping black women explore, excel, and thrive in everything they put their minds to. She founded Tribe because she was angry at the very visible lack of inclusion in the spaces she was invited to and after her mentor told her she should do something about it. Shay is a delight. We discuss imposter syndrome, defining success for ourselves, and understanding the role we each play in what she calls the ecosystem of change. We also discuss how she processes the pain she encounters through her work, her thoughts on self-love as a combatant for shame, and how she helps black women take up the space they deserve to occupy in this world. I'm Josh Rivers, and I'm Busy Being Black with Shay Newell. So, Shay. Hi. 
(laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I'm such a huge fan of yours and the work that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm honored. I'm I'm actually honored. I'm I'm honored, yeah. So I think, let's start off with Tribe, actually. Yeah, Because it's such an important initiative. And for those who don't know what Tribe is, explain what it is. So um, Tribe is an organization dedicated specifically to um, black women. Um, The idea is that we kind of support them in their personal and professional development. So we provide uh, mentoring. So we pair um, black women with other black women. So, for example, if you want to be a journalist, then you get paired with a black woman journalist for a year. And she kind of helps you navigate that space, opens her network to you, helps you develop skills, the knowledge, all of that kind of thing. Um, I started Tribe because I was working in the charity sector and I went to an event. And there were 200 people in the room and I was the only black woman in the room. <sighs> Three other people of colour. Right. And I was like, that's, I'm in London. Like, I, 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 <laughs> that's unacceptable to me. Mm. So I did a bunch of research and it was things like lack of access to network, lack of access to opportunity, uh, lack of role models. And so I was like, well, someone really needs to do something about this. And my boss at the time was a black woman of a charity. And I went to her about it and she was like, okay, yeah, so do it and I was like no 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 no. Yeah. I meant someone else not me like I definitely didn't mean me and she was like well you know that it's a problem so you have a responsibility to do something about it I was like oh, okay so she, she helped me set it up as a proper organization everything um and then uh yeah the response has been amazing I think we've, we've mentored over 150 girls wow in, in the last four years. Um, and we've been able to get mentors from so many core cool organizations, Aviva, Visa, Ministry of Sound, Barclay, like some really good organizations. So, um, yeah. I'm curious about that moment when you're, when the mentor, I, yeah, I guess, your yeah, boss yeah. was like, okay, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what went through your head? Uh, I, literally, that's what it was. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't mean me, sis. Like I meant like someone <laughs> needs to do this. Um, but then I, you know, I've kind of always had that, uh, I don't know what that, that instinct is to change things and make things better for people. It's just, it's just my personality, sometimes to my detriment, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just really how I, how, how I am in general. And so it, when she said I had to do it, I knew that I had to do it, but right. I was still kind of just trying to fight, not, it not having to be me, like it, me, it, me wanting it to be someone else that dealt with it. And is there a sense of imposter syndrome, I guess, surrounding that? Oh, million percent. A million percent. People that start charities are white and they have money yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so so what the hell am I doing 20 something uh, starting a charity just yeah, because I have, yeah. black girl, just because I have this idea that, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, do you know also as well, I will say, I think I kind of needed permission to do it. From? From from someone else, I, right. I think it was I think it was brilliant that it came from uh, Jackie. Her name was Jackie, a black woman. I think I really need. I think I might have needed permission from a black woman to do it. Actually, interesting. Because once, um, so we had, we didn't have like an official launch. We just put it on Twitter, and um, the reaction was so strong, and that was such a validation for me. Because even to that point, I was like. This isn't necessary. Even being the only black woman in, in a room of almost two hundred people, I was still thinking, "This isn't necessary. I don't need to do this." Right. Um, but I knew, I knew that it was, and I and I also knew that I was well placed to do the work. So I handed in my notice uh, last year because I was just burnt out uh, with it all. My boss I used to work with, she was like, "Look, I really would like to keep working with you." So she asked me to project direct a project that I'm working on at the moment, which is around reframing the conversation around sexual harassment. And I think that. 
really kind of like, I don't know, it gave me like this confidence to be like, first of all, handing in my notice right. with nothing, by the way, with nothing, uh, with no safety net, nothing, just being like, I'm tired. Um, and so that kind of gave me the, I handed in my notice and I was like, oh, oh, like she, okay. <laughs> and then, so I handed in my notice and then I, um, and then she gave me, she offered me this role and I was like, sure, on a freelance basis. So it really still gave me the time to breathe, um, when you work in the charity sector, particularly the women's sector, I'll say, the work is so deeply personal, mm. for me anyway. The work is so deeply personal that it's really difficult for it not to take a strain on you emotionally and physically. Um, and that's just the work that I do in my nine to five. <laughs> so then mm. when you add tribe, um, it's a lot, of, it, it's, it, it's, it's quite a lot. And so that's why, that's why I got Last year, I got to the point that I did where I was just like, enough. I don't want to do this anymore. That's really interesting. I just had a conversation with Amber Hikes, mm -hmm. who's responsible for the eight-stripe yeah. pride flag. And she was talking about how how those of us who kind of work on these front lines in these ways mm. um, actually end up holding a lot of other people's pain. Absolutely. And that's not a question, but... I, so one of the things one of the things that I said when I handed in my notice was that I felt like I carried the emotional burden of the team, mm. um, and I, I won't blame the team. I think I think that is by um, by nature of who I am. I tend to take people's emotions on. But if you're working in a, in a sector where you're dealing with, for instance, domestic violence on a day to day basis, um, that's a lot. That's a lot of stories you're hearing. That's a lot of impacts that's being ha that's happening right in front of your eyes. That's a lot of people being, who are being affected uh, in ways that you probably couldn't even count. Um, and your job, or, or in the charity sector, is to I guess turn those stories into something that galvanise people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear you. And you can't do that without being able to relate to the story in some way. I think, um, which is where for me, some, where some of the emotional burden comes in. And then just by nature of being a black woman living in the UK in this time and all the shit that's happening in this world. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and so what do you do with it? <laughs> does, that, does that make sense if I ask you that? What do you yeah. do with what you, with what you discover? What do you do with that? <sighs> Gosh, I, I'm not even going to pretend that I have done anything with right. it, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, my uh, default is to always keep working, just to keep doing the work. Um, so I have to really like, consciously say to myself, enough, stop. Or someone else has to say to me, my husband or someone has to say to me, please, like, <laughs> take it easy, it's enough. Um, but I don't know what you do with it, to be honest. I don't, I don't know that you, that, you're, that you can do anything with it whilst you're in it. Um, one thing that I have started doing is therapy. I started therapy uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm. which I was so excited about. Um, it's a black woman and I walked in there and I was like, hey girl, I'm here to tell you all of my business. Let's go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but it was really valid. It was really, um, hmm. it was really liberating to just be, sit there and talk to this woman who has no idea who I am, but she knows what I'm talking about. Totally. Um, so I think that's really helped. Um, having a, I mean, having a really supportive partner who, who, uh, he, he's he's the person that kind of just pushes me in the limelight. So he's really happy to just kind of be my support and for me to do to shine and do whatever I need to do. And he 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 will be in the back supporting, mm. um, and that's really helpful. That's really really helpful because I think for a lot of women, a lot of a lot of black women I know are super ambitious, but we really get scared about what that means for our men and what our relationships look like and all of that. I'm not really 
I can't really deal with all of that, but um, <laughs> because I am who I am. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. But I think, I don't think, I don't know that you necessarily do anything with it. I think you, there are things that you can do to help manage it. But I think by nature of the work that we do, yeah. I don't know that you can. Yeah, I'm asking for myself. Yeah. <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because, you know, in my, in my full-time role, I do mm. the communications for a sexual health charity. And so coming up against that data and those yeah. disparities and those inequalities is sometimes so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes go home and I'm carrying these numbers Absolutely. in my head. And then I kind of think that what I'm doing doesn't make a difference. Like it doesn't impact. It doesn't, like, what am I changing? And who am I to try to be changing this? And and I don't think I've thought those things without knowing what I know. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm, 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 mm. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like once you encounter the disparities, you're like, what, what the, what the <laughs> fuck what am the I going to do about this? <laughs> what the hell shall I do with this? Yeah. When you see that uh, Level Up uh, study that um, 40% of BME women have been sexually harassed on Facebook. Mm. 40%. And you're just like, what should I do with that? Like, what? Can, but, but I think at the end of the day, it's not for us to do anything with. These are problems that were not created by us. And so a lot of the time it's about pushing to get those people to see things differently um, where you can. And sometimes it's about demanding that they see it differently. Um, But I I think a lot of us um, have this burden that there is this issue and we have to fix it. When ultimately we weren't the ones that created the issue. Um, so my thing is not necessarily how do I solve it how do I navigate it right for me myself personally and for and for and for me myself personally and also as someone who sees themselves uh, within the ecosystem of change oh I love that Um, I love that phrase (laughs) so yeah but but and I think we we all fit oh that's so much nicer that feels really good yeah of course because we're all doing something yeah we're not all we're all doing particular parts of you know whatever social justice issue you're talking about but you're not doing it in a vacuum Mm. it has to be able to work with other work that's that's happening and, and other other change that's that's being made um, so you sit within an ecosystem of change. And I think that helps to kind of take the burden off a little bit, right? Because it's like, okay, this all isn't on me. This mm. isn't my responsibility. I have a role to play here, but so do other people. Yeah. You seem to me to be very good at occupying space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does that make sense if I say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I want to know how you've gotten good at that. Mm. So I will say that I've always been like kind of quite confident and outgoing. Um, I think that comes from my mom uh, being, you know, my mom was kind of like, the sky's the limit, do what you want. Um, and I will be here to catch you if needs be. Mm. Um, yes, phenomenal. <laughs> um, and so I think that's really given me, gave me a really good foundation, right? Um, but then in terms of like taking up space and activism, um, I, when I started Tribe, uh, there were a few other organizations that were kind of just bubbling up, just starting, um, and, and people persona. So there was uh, No Fly on the Wall uh, by, by Sienna Bangoro, which was a really cool space where young black people got together and just spoke about things that we we hadn't had we hadn't had conversations about and it was through that that I met Kalechi um Alex uh my husband like a whole you know wow. I mean there was a, so I started tribe at a time when it was really kind of bubbling up and we were talking a lot about taking up space no flies thing was taking up space and so I think I, I really took that on 
I really feel like I deserve to take up space in this world. I'm here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I, I really feel like I, I deserve to take up space. And I think, um, but it's difficult to, I think for a lot of people, a lot of people struggle to figure out what is the space that the space that they do occupy. Mm. What is that? What is my role here? What what is what even why am I even doing it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um so I'm gonna take up space because uh I think I have something to say, um, something of value to say um for other people, for myself. Um I'm never going to uh I guess shrink myself to make other people feel good. That's mm. never gonna happen. <laughs> No, ma'am. Ever. That's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm just not, <laughs> not something I'm, I'm willing to accept. Um, I don't know. That that There might be like a slight bit of arrogance there. I don't know. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I, I really feel like I deserve to take up space. Mm. Um, I particularly feel like black women deserve to take up space because we do not take up enough. Um and so, but I'm other than taking up space. I'm also really interesting, really interested in facilitating spaces for other Black women. A la tribe. Absolutely, it has to be more than just uh, the focus has to be more than just me and what I think and how I'm feeling and uh, the space that I'm occupying. It's that paying it forward thing that we all try to do in some way or another. It's, but for me, I, I have the ability and the cap- I have the ability and the capacity to create spaces for black women. You wanted to create a space for black women mm-hmm. um, to, to be themselves, to get mentored. And, and so what's that chemistry there? What happens that makes it a success? Um, well, I think, firstly, it's the need. Of that kind of uh, support is, it, it comes uh, along very rarely for black women and so I think the need is the first thing where I, I, I wouldn't be doing this if it was just if it was a vanity project if it was just for the sake this is meeting a real need for a lot of black women um, so there's that there's also the willingness for the black women that do come to events when we used to do events um, they come really willing to be open mm. and honest um, I think they I don't know I, I have this as well in, in that when I enter a room with black women, I automatically feel community. Mm. Automatically. Like something has to go awry for me to not. Do you know what I mean? So it's my kind of my, um, yeah, it's just automatic for me. So, um, and, and I, I, I won't say that I see that in a lot of the, the tribal women, but I, no, I do see that in a lot of the tribal women, but there are some others who are, who aren't very comfortable just by nature of who they are being around groups of people. So it's saying, you don't have to be the focus, but you're still deserving of this space mm. so i remember we had um my favorite tribe event that we ever did was self-love as a revolutionary act and that was 60 black women in a room talking about self-love and self-care and what that looks like to them and their need for it well i had i had women in the audience talking about all sorts of things depression and anxiety and distress and uh, all of the good stuff that comes with being a black woman um and crying and laughing and it really felt like community it really it really felt like that was my tribe to be quite honest with you so i think that's what happens is that that willingness to to come together for something uh that connects all of us in in that in that room we're all black women in that room so we all have a shared understanding of that experience Mm. right um it varies and it's different but there's a there's a standard and a foundation that that black women have and then um i'm also i mean we had a panel uh a panel of women um on that in that in that event actually Kalechi was on the panel <laughs> and um you know the importance of having visible black women talking about their lowest moments 
uh, all the times where they really struggled, all the times when other black women pulled them through. Gosh, that's so like energizing. And I remember that, that after that event, I got, um, got in the car with my mom and I burst into tears. Mm. Cause I was like, I'm so proud. Like I'm so proud that I got to do that. I'm so glad I got to make that space for them. Um, but then what we did realize is, is that so as Tribe has gone on, we've realized a lot more uh, black women's organizations have, been, have come out. Black Girl Fest and Girl, like some amazing organizations. Um, and so we've kind of moved forward, moved away from doing events. We were like, uh, these lot are doing it really, really well. Um, so let them do what they do well. I think what we do really well is the mentoring. So it's that ecosystem of change, right? Wow, yeah, that's interesting. It's that ecosystem of change that Black Girl Fest came out of the gate in, I think it was two years ago, October, and they were able to gather all these black women in a room and it was food and market stalls and performances and all of that kind of thing. I'm like, listen, you do that. <laughs> You're amazing at it, do it. And so what's the evolution for Tribe within the ecosystem then? Yeah, so one of the things that we struggled with when, when we were doing events was, because uh, we've got girls all over the UK, so uh, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, wherever, and... Um, a lot of them are like, when you do events, we can't, we can't come to them. Right. We, we can't access them. Because like, not everything happens in London, surprise. Because not everything happens in London. <laughs> I have a hard time leaving Zone 2. So. Please, listen, listen. I do remind you. Um, <laughs> um, and so uh, we were like, okay, so how do we make it more accessible to, to those people? Um, and so we've created a series of, of online videos called Tribe Toolbox. Um, and our hope is to be able to kind of keep creating these kinds of that kind of the kind that kind of content, um, practical, useful, uh, realistic. So we're it's a, a range of things. So it's how to get into code or how to negotiate your salary. Um, the next one coming out is understanding your menstrual cycle, and I'm so excited for that one. That's cool. I it's think it's cool. So cool. That's it, cool right? it is cool. It is cool because I mean, women don't. I mean, most women don't really engage with their period in that way, and yeah. So I, I think it, I'm I'm interested in um, providing Black women with things that they can really take into their lives. And well, it use. sounds like a holistic approach. That's basically it. Right. I think there's a lot of. Um, particularly when you're talking like self-care or the well-being uh, kind of industry, I think there's a lot of um, information that's given out that's not useful to people because they can't actually apply it in any way. So that's the plan. That's, that's, the, that's the idea. The, the, the response to it has been so, so good, especially the negotiating your salary one because <laughs> everyone wants to know how to negotiate their salary. Um, but, you know, black women aren't really taught things like that. And I'm really interested actually in this holistic approach. Um, you know, menstrual cycles mm. alongside financial literacy, mm. alongside mentorship. This approach to the whole woman, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I probably couldn't say with, yeah. um, it's not my place to say, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't sound as if that's something that is um, readily available it's not. for black women. It's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, kind of seeing seeing women, black women as whole people rarely happens, uh, especially when you're, when you're talking organizations. Um but I think Tribe has the, the freedom to do that because Tribe is, it, I, I run it with um, uh, my best, one of my best friends and co-founder, Yvonne, and we do what we want with it, <laughs> with it to be quite honest with you. Um, and we've, we receive funding. We've had funding from the Big Lottery and the Aziz Foundation and all that kind of thing. But we have a really strong integrity about who this is for and why we're doing it. Um, and because we so readily recognize ourselves in so many of these women, we know what we need. Mm. We know what we need. I, I was talking to um, 
I was reading a study about uh, the NAACP in the 1920s and about how funders basically got the NAACP to pivot from focusing on racial, vi racial violence in the 1920s to education. Uh, the study was basically talking about how b without the NAACP being able to fully address racial violence, um, we weren't able to kind of pass that. And that's why we're still having a lot of racial violence now. Um, but because they pivoted to focus on education because funders wanted them to, um, that caused a breakdown in, in, in the NAACP and the way that they were seen in, towards black people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a similar thing that happened yes, in the 60s. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, f and so I bring that story up because when I started, when I, uh, about two years into Tribe, I applied for funding. Uh, I really want to flame them, but I'm not going to say their name um, <laughs> uh, to a funder. And they wrote back to me saying, um, if you opened this up for all girls, uh. then we could fund you. <laughs> and I wrote back and said, wouldn't that defeat the purpose? Yes, quite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, but it's that kind of thing. And, and that's how fund, funders or people with power can get organizations who are really focused on, on their work to, to pivot because they told them that something else is important. But we see this a lot in the third sector. Mm -hmm. It's either white saviors at the top of an organization deciding on what the right strategy mm -hmm. is to reach quote unquote hard to reach communities yep. that they've never had a conversation with in their entire lives. <laughs> You've got funders who are trying to um, expand the remit of the work. <laughs> yes. so it was supposed to be about black yep. men. It's yep. like, what about BAME men? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, actually, they got two different audiences, actually, but whatever. I was about black men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, it, again, the importance of tribe then, mm. you know, comes to the fore, right? That yeah. you get to decide the agenda for the communities that you serve because you are the community that you we, serve. Not only are we the community that we serve, but we consult consult with the community that we serve. Mm. Because I I also recognize that I am a you know educated black woman living in London and you know I have all, all sorts of privileges and it's f for me to uh, tell a, 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 a black girl in Doncaster what she needs right right <laughs> you know yeah. that, makes no, that makes no sense yeah um, so it really is looking taking taking these women as individuals as people so at the moment when it comes to the mentoring I pair each mentor um, and if I can't find a so mentor... So you personally do the pairing? Yeah. Wow. And if I can't find a mentor for... Uh, if we don't have a, a mentor in, the, in our cohort already for someone, then I go and find one. So I want to go into your videos, actually. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily the, the videos themselves, but the content of the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you spoke earlier about self-love. Mm. What have you learned about self-love, either through this journey with Tribe mm. or just across the span of your life? And what is it? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> I called my mum yesterday. I was like, mum, what is love? Uh, <laughs> did you know, the simple questions, the simple things. Um, what is self-love? For me, self-love is a real um, acceptance of who you are. Mm. Uh, the good and the bad. And being able to embrace the good and uh, nurture that way you can and being able to see the bad and say... Where can I improve? Mm -hmm. um, Self-love for me is really looking inwards. Um, knowing who you are as a person. And I think you really have to grow and develop self-love for yourself because I think you kind of have to get to know yourself. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and to be quite honest, I only feel like I know myself now. I only feel like I've gotten to know myself now. I feel like it's taken me 30 years. But um, how have you learned to know yourself? Yeah, you know what I mean. What are the what are some of the practical steps? Because mm. I'm in that process now, mm, mm. and 
one day I think I know what I like, and then the next day I'm like, oh no, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, but then I like it again later. So I don't, <laughs> I'm often. Well, I think that's in fun. quite a tizzy because it's just like. I think because I think you also I? have to give your sp- your, I think you also have to give yourself the space to change. Right. And to develop and learn and grow, and I don't think you do that without conflict. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, whether it's conflict within yourself or whatever I, I actually think conflict is a really good way of knowing <laughs> of knowing yourself of figuring out the kind of person that you are and uh, where your boundaries lie and um problem solving and all of that kind of thing um i also think anger is also a really good one mm. i love anger i'm a big fan of anger <laughs> go into that uh, a bit more for because me. so I, I i read um audrey lord's uh essay about anger and uh i started try because i was pissed right i was frustrated i was fuming um, and of all the people that I know that have started organizations or are deeply embedded in this kind of work, it's the same thing. She says in that essay, um, anger uh, contains information, right? Absolutely. And I th- people are really, really scared of anger, but I am, um, I'm really, I'm really interested in, in, in interrogating that, interrogating the anger. Other people's on my own. Um, so what is it that, that, I'm angry about. That is an awesome question. What am I actually yeah. angry about? Am I angry about the thing that that person said? Am I angry about the way they said it? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is it? Really sit down and pinpoint because I think when you get, when people get angry, um, it's always a rush to judgment and it's always a rush to condemn, which is completely natural. Um, but I think there has to be more about interrogating those kinds of feelings and it can't just be, oh, well, I don't feel like that anymore, so it's fine. Well, why did you feel like that, and wh- and why did that rattle you the way that, that it did, mm. and why did you, and why did you react the way that you did? You know. Yeah. So, what were you angry about then? Uh, about oh, with when I started Tribe, mm. um, I was angry about the fact that there, there were no. Uh, f- uh, to be quite honest, I was angry that there were no black women in that room. Right. I was angry that there were no black women. I I I've, I fully expected the next year when I came to that event to see black women in that room, because I was like, I, I, my my issue was that why am I the only one? That feeling of being the only one, mm. because that has happened to me quite often throughout my life. And, and it's almost like triggering for me. If I'm like, I'm the only one in a room and I'm like, what the hell is this? It, it angers me to see black women being the only one, women of color being the only something in a room. Um, that's what angers me, because then it means that the, the work isn't being done because it's not getting the, the, the nuance and the depth and the perspectives that it needs. And there are people being left behind. A million percent. A million, particularly within the charity sector. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think, for, yeah, so for me, that anger and that frustration drove me to, at the time, I didn't want to do anything about it, but sure. ultimately drove me to doing something about it. Um, and to be honest, I get pissed off about a lot of things that, 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 that pushes me to do something about it. But I think that's 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 me, and that's that's my you know individual uh, disposition, and I and I realize that a lot of people don't go through don't experience anger that way, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and of course in the moment I'm not experiencing that way, sure, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I don't expect anyone to. But I think there is definitely a lot of value in being able to uh, have a think afterwards and being like, what what really um, pissed me off? Because then I I think then you get to see what your boundaries are as a human being. What for you is enough and what isn't? Of course. Right? And then I think through that, through things like that, you get to know yourself, through the joys, through the challenges, all of that, and really interrogating what those things look like to you and, and what, they, what they mean to you. I, to me, that's how, I get, that's how I 
get or got to know myself. Um, when I decided that I was going to leave work last year. Because that must have been scary. It was so scary. It was so, so scary, but I had just had enough. And I was like, actually, for me, this isn't acceptable. Right. Um, but I had to, to go through it to know that. Sure, right? sure. Um, and it's all very nice in hindsight and all of that kind of thing. Because when you're going <laughs> yeah. through it, it's, it's, it's garbage. But there is so much value in those kinds of experiences for me in terms of telling me who I am or where I can be better or where I might need to pull back or, you know. Mm. So I really think it's just about being, I, I don't think people evaluate this themselves enough. Um. <laughs> mm. <laughs> A sermon. Uh, <laughs> I don't think people can say, um, I think people really struggle with being able to say, this is who I am. Um, why am I like this? Why do I react to this, these things the way that I do? Why do I uh, carry on with the people that I carry on with? Uh, why do I work where I work? All of that stuff. Right. And because, I mean, life is difficult. You've just got, for a lot, for a lot of people, it's just about getting through. Um, for me, it's not. Uh, for me, it's about really really living this one life that you get to get to live totally i think it's so important to have people around you who act as a mirror absolutely a friend asked me a few weeks ago are you scared of success i was like get off my neck get out of my face how dare you why are you attacking me like this how dare you see me (laughs) yeah oh joe i i I was having this conversation too because i reckon i am as well yeah Mm. okay talk about talk to me about that so i I want to be successful. I'm super ambitious. I have always been super ambitious. Um, but there is something that comes in with success that is really terrifying because it's kind of un- uncharted territory mm. when you feel like what success is. So for, so for me, success Yeah, what is success is, for you? Yeah. So uh, I guess a lot of times people talk about success, they talk about their careers automatically. But for me, success is really living a, um, a life I can be proud of a life I can be proud of now and in 50 years. Um, a li- I, I feel like, my, you know, people are like, oh, what's your purpose in life and that kind of thing. So like, I really feel like one of my purposes is to help black women be as empathetic and creative as they can be. Mm. And I feel like I have done that. Mm. I have done that with Tribe. Yeah, I feel like I'm successful. Of course, we're also talking money because money is important to yes. live in this world. Um, Unfortunately. And, and so I think, the sh- I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think the conflict comes with me is, is in the money, right? Mm. So the more successful, the idea is that the more successful you get, the more that you'll make. Sure. And as I've made more, I've got more uncomfortable with making more. Why? So I think this is really just because I am so used to getting by. Oof. Yeah. 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 I thought about that I just this morning, actually. So used to just getting by. To the, just yeah, the doing... rush of being broke, actually. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and having to do because you are broke. Yeah. And, and having to roll up your sleeves and, 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 and do every part of a job or whatever because you need to eat. Yeah. Um, and also seeing, you know, my mum struggling sometimes when I was growing up, my aunties, you know what I mean? Like, ugh, I grew up in Tottenham, so it was, it was all around me. Um, and so I'm comfortable in that. I realise that I'm comfortable in that. Mm. Um, and then as I've grown and I've made more and I've become more quote-unquote successful, it's been like, oh, this is weird. What should I do with this? Right. I don't actually know what, <laughs> it's like, I don't actually know what to do with this. Um, because it doesn't feel like a struggle. Oh. Yeah. 
It's one of the things I'm dealing with oh, at the moment. Oh, it doesn't moment. feel like a it struggle. It doesn't feel like a struggle. Oh, well, that's a rich territory, isn't it? <laughs> Fertile ground listen, for conversation. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I realize that because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really comfortable with struggle. I know it. I know it intimately. Um, and so uh, not having to struggle is like, oh, how do you exist in this life? So do you feel like if you haven't struggled for it, you don't deserve it? Yeah. Not necessarily that I don't deserve it, but is it worth it? Huh. That was me projecting, obviously. <laughs> That's you gone on me. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily do I deserve it. Is that is it is it worth it? Is it is it is it of any value? Is it of any value if you didn't struggle for it? Yeah. And really that's not <laughs> You can't really live life like that. Everything yeah. cannot be a struggle. Everything shouldn't be a struggle. That's it, right. it it has been for a, a I think black people know struggle really well, of course. Mm. Um and so when it looks like you're on the come up <laughs> or it feels like you're on the come up, it's like, this is, this is weird. I don't know. How do I move in this space? Yeah. Even when, so um, <laughs> I, I used to be an um, ambassador for the Princess Trust and uh, we used to get to go to like the um, US ambassador's house and stuff like that. And I took, um, <laughs> I took uh, Dan, my, my husband, when we, when we were dating, I took him with me to one of those events and he was like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable here. <laughs> he was talking about how like, because everyone looked and felt so rich. <laughs> right. And we were in the US ambassador's house. He had like a massive portrait of Kinde Wiley and all of this. And I was like, this is money. Yeah, like, that, and, and, but also knowing what that money does to people and to this world and societies and communities is also really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I just had an epiphany. Go for it. I think my fear of success is that I'll fuck it up. Also true. Also true. <laughs> right? Also true. Also mm. true. Because because the li this life is full of ups and downs and the likelihood is that you reach success. You're not just going to stay on that yeah. track. You're not just going to keep going up, 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 up. Yes, <laughs> as evidenced by my own life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but not just yours. Like Yeah. Yeah. Our community. Success isn't a straight line. Mm. And I think that's another thing that we, that, yeah, that's another thing, like combating, like success isn't a straight line. So what does success really look like for me personally, um, rather than thinking of what um, my success looks like to you, for instance? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, totally. Which leads us quite nicely into self-care, I think, which is probably a nice way to end mm. this conversation. <laughs> what do you do? What is self-care for you? Self-care for me is uh, saying no when I cannot. Well, that's a big one. Not even just when I cannot, when I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> because yeah. I think people feel like they have to say yes all the time if, unless they can't, unless they can't physically do something. But what if you just don't want to? Yes. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Um, so being really, uh, uh, being really precious about my time, who I give that to, um, making sure that I am, actually making sure that I am in like, this sounds weird, but making sure that I am feeling connected to my family and my friends and all of that kind of thing, that's self-care for me mm. because it makes me feel like I have that community, I have that that safety net that I keep talking about that you can kind of fall back into. Um, that's kind of like a, what's the, what's the word? Like, uh, you know, when you're trying to th forward thinking, like I said, yeah. it's me thinking, oh, 
because crap, I might, I might, I might get stuck at one point. I might need to fall into them. Um, but, but also, you know, their um, their joys and their challenges and all of that that, that all really feeds me as well. Um, Is tribe so, a form of self care? Do you think? I definitely think so because uh, I mean. Tribe is, as much as I, uh, you know, I really want it to be about every other black woman. I always say to the to, to the women that tribe isn't mine, it's yours. Right. Um, by the end of the day, it was a very um, personal projection because, yeah, I am a black girl, I'm a black woman that has worked in London for, I don't know, the last 15 years or something, and I have experienced trash on trash on trash. <laughs> and so it was me saying... I guess it was kind of giving, creating the space that I w- would have wanted to be there when I was coming up. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it is a form of self-care. I also think that self-care is a really good uh, combatant for, uh, f- for shame. And shame is something that we all carry. <laughs> Explain. So shame is something that I'm always really interested in actually, because I think we all carry shame, but I think very little of that shame is ours. I think we carry the shame of a lot of other people. And my self-care, a part of my self-care is figuring out what the things that I'm carrying or that I see as burdens, are they my own or are they someone else's? Mm. Or are they someone else's projection of them thinking that I should be ashamed of of whatever it is that I'm doing? Um, And I think shame is super powerful. It's super, super powerful. Yeah, I know it well. I mean, also, <laughs> I think this world is kind of lacking in a little bit of shame, but to be quite, to be honest. <laughs> but um, well, I think I think the world is lacking in shame. But I think uh, I think it's disproportionately you mean shameless. Yes, it, yeah. it's, it's disproportionately uh, carried. I think black people carry a lot of shame. I think women carry a lot of shame. Um, yeah, queer black people. Queer black people carry a lot of shame. I I, I feel like shame is like the the. Um, the root of a lot of uh, people's personal issues with themselves. I'm going to have to add back in the trigger buzzer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I do think it's the root um, and and shame is difficult to address. Can I tell you, I know that to be true Mm. because I'm, I'm focusing on my sobriety again. Okay. And... I, I wrote about this in my journal the other day, or diary, <laughs> genderless book of <laughs> thoughts, um, about how there's this kind of like paradoxical moment in sobriety where I think about something that causes me shame mm. and I want to escape from it by doing the same thing that caused me the shame in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I don't understand what the <laughs> I'm like, what is the brain and why do I table. have one? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's like a shame cycle. We yes. feed into our own shame. Yes. Because we don't know how to get out of that. Yes. And so you think that self-care can be a combatant for shame. I do, but how? I think you have to be able to identify what your shame is first. Mm. I think you have to be able to say, what, what, what genuinely makes me feel shame? Me, not someone else and what other people, not what other people are telling me that I should feel shame about. What genuinely makes me feel shame? And I think r- that really helps you... Um, it helps you to recognize who you are. I, I, I really think so. So um, I think I have, you know, family who think I have lots of things to be ashamed about. 
Okay. <laughs> and I disagree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, last year I got I got married and uh, we had a really small wedding and there were 30 of us um, and a lot of people were really, really pissed off about that. But also I'm Nigerian, so there's some shame tied up in that as well, right? For my mum, not for me. Right. For my mum, for my aunties, the elders of my family, it was shame that um, I wasn't having a wedding of 150 people and uh, I wasn't doing all the traditions that they wanted me to do. But I, I Dan and I really approached our wedding and our, and our, our marriage like it's ours. Mm. It's ours, it's not yours. Um, and I, I think- I love that kind of approach to our own lives as well. It's not yours, and that's exactly it. And, mm. and I think it's that, it's that thing with shame. So do you remember when we went to um, dinner the other day and we were talking about um, Beyonce? Yes, yeah. And we were talking of about course, like, yeah. of course, <laughs> we were talking about like lemonade and, and all of that. And I was saying that uh, for me, lemon, lemonade really reckon, really helps me to see, for, for me, what, I, what Beyonce said to me was, this is his shame, not mine. Yes. Sorry, I got really excited about that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this is his shame, yeah, yeah. not mine. This is your cross to bear. It's not for me to carry. Yeah. You did this, so you fix it. Mm. Right, um, and I think that's the approach that we have to have to shame. Is it yours or is it mine? And if it's if it's mine, how do I fix it? Yeah, because there is some shame that is ours, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, it's, 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 absolutely. And maybe that shame comes about because it it is us doing something that's at odds with our values, mm-hmm. with who we want to be, yep. with the mark we're trying to make in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. I th- I, yeah, I, yeah, I really agree. Um, and then sometimes it's a projection. Other people are putting something upon us. You shouldn't wear that. Yeah. You shouldn't walk like that. You shouldn't talk like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you should do this and not that. It's that shame and judgment are really like just so interwoven. Yeah, aren't, they the, aren't they the same <laughs> Cousins, <thing? Yeah>. sisters. <laughs> aren't they you know? twins? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, judgment is uh, yeah, judgment is a whole other com- a whole other conversation. But I think um, I think it is about people feeling judged a lot of the time. So again, uh, you know, when like when people talk to me about um, you know, when are you having a baby and da 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 da, first thing I'm like mind your business. But also, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but when I say like, you know, I don't necessarily know if having a biological child is for me. I might just want to adopt or something like that. And I I get a lot of people, I get like quite a lot of pushback from that. And I realize is that people think people think it's it's a judgment on the choices that they've made. Yeah, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> and so again, what should I do with that? Yeah, that's not yours. Yeah. It's not mine. <laughs> I love that. You know? Um, I love that question. Is this mine or is this yours? It also, it also sounds like a question we might ask our friends as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Those closest to us. Absolutely. Because of the, and and family, I think if you, if you know if you are able to to be able to speak to your family like that, but I think there is a lot of shame that lies in black families. Yeah, and and particularly because I think for many of us, I know I felt we've tried to be those prodigal children, mm. right, to make up for a lack of something, or you know, yeah, I've written about that. Yep. This this pressure to be perfect. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and for some of us, the, the shame that, that comes along with not being perfect. Yeah, with failing. But are you supposed to be in the first place? Yeah, <laughs> TBC. Failing, yeah. sis, girl, I can't even talk to you about failure. Yeah. I'm terrible at failure. Yeah. I am terrible at failure. I hate well, it. it prevents me from actually doing things. <laughs> I hate it. Because I'm like, well, I'd just rather not know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be trash. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I might be successful at it. I might fail at it, but I'm never going to know. Who knows? <laughs> 
<laughs> Better safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a whole thing in its own. But yeah. So you know that to close, I ask all of my guests the same question. Yes. What do you hope for? My hope is that black people find a space in this world that lets them be who they are mm. without attaching <laughs> the projections and uh, the stereotypes and all of that kind of thing. Because home for a lot of black people isn't a thing. Um, whether you're uh, an immigrant, or whether you're second generation, third generation, um, a lot of us feel like we don't have a place in the world. And that's really what I want for black people. To, feel, to take up space in this motherfucking world. That's what I want, you know? Take up the space in this world. We deserve, we're here. We deserve to be here. Yeah, that's it. I want us, I want us to take, I want black people to be able to find a space that is theirs, that is ours, and that we are comfortable in. And we feel like we can really be ourselves. That's my hope. <laughs> Shay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> It has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love talking to you. I know, I know. I love talking to you. I love talking to you. <laughs> Shay Newell is the founder of Tribe, whose aim is to support black women to explore, excel, and thrive in everything they put their minds to. Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride and Blackout UK, and to you, the listeners. Remember this, your support doesn't cost any money. Retweets, shares, ratings, and reviews all help, so please keep the support coming. Finally, thank you to Anthony Giles, a queer black Grammy-nominated producer based in New York City for these bomb-ass Busy Being Black beats. Ashe. festivities begin with a third of our wonderful range of artificial trees and Christmas lights. Homebase feels good to be home. Terms at homebase.co.uk It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.